An abbot is the title given to the superior of a community of 12 or more monks. Abbots are in charge of a monastery and control the monastery's possessions, disciplines the monks, and gives blessings. The name is derived from Abba, the Syriac form of the Hebrew Ab, and means father. In Syria, where it had its origin, and in Egypt, it was first employed as a title of honor and respect, and was given to any monk of venerable age or of eminent sanctity. The title did not originally imply the exercise of any authority over a religious community. From the east, the word passed over to the west, and here it was soon received into general use to designate the superior of an abbey or a monastery. Today we answer the question, what is an abbot? Welcome to the Shalom Case and Show. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts everywhere else. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. And if you have questions or comments, please leave me a voicemail. All the links are in the description below. Now let's begin as always in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Monastic communities were first organized in Egypt at the beginning of the 4th century. St. Anthony introduced one form of community life when, about the year AD 305, he undertook the direction and organization of the, multi of the multitude of hermits who had gathered about him in the Thebaid. A second form of monastic life was instituted by St. Pacomius, who about the same time founded the first conventual monastery at Tabernae in the far south of Egypt. Both systems rapidly spread and were soon firmly established in Palestine, Syria, Mesopotamia, and Asia Minor. By the middle of the 4th century, monasteries had also made appearances in Europe, and at the beginning of the 6th century, St. Benedict of Nursia gave it the definite form and constitution which ultimately assured its triumph in the West. Every group of hermits and monks naturally had a superior. The title given to the superior varied. In the East, he was usually styled the elder, the senior, or also father of the monastery. In Asia Minor and among the Greeks, generally, he was called the Archimandrite, Arcos meaning chief and Mandra meaning a fold or monastery. He was also called the Hugomenos. Originally, there seems to have been no appreciable difference in the signification of the two words, but after the period of Justinian, the title Archimandrite was jealously reserved for the superiors of the older or more important monasteries. Both names have, however, been permanently retained and are to this day the titles given to monastic superiors in the Eastern Church. Cassian, who at the beginning of the 5th century had transplanted Egyptian monasticism to Gaul, which is, which is now Spain, was addressed as Abbas, Pater, and Dominus. St. Benedict, in his rule, written about 529, restricted the use of the title Abbas to the superior of the monastery. Through the rule of the great patriarch of Western monasticism, the application of the title Abbas was definitely fixed and its use made general in the West. St. Benedict's conception of a monastic community was distinctly that of a spiritual family. Every individual monk was to be a son of that family, the abbot its father, and the monastery its permanent home. Upon the abbot, therefore, as upon the father of a family, devolves the government and direction of those who are committed to his care, and a paternal solicitude should characterize his rule. 
St. Benedict says that, quote, an abbot who is worthy to have the charge of a monastery ought always to remember by what title he is called, unquote. And he goes on to say that, quote, in the monastery, he is considered to represent the person of Christ, seeing that he is called by his name, unquote. The monastic system established by St. Benedict was based entirely upon the supremacy of the abbot. Though the rule gives directions as to an abbot's government and furnishes him with the principles upon which to act and binds him to carry out certain prescriptions as to consultation with others in difficult matters, the subject is told to obey without question or hesitation the decision of the superior, also known as an abbot. It is, of course, needless to say that this obedience did not extend to the commission of evil. No one, and I mean no one, can command you to do evil. Not your abbot if you're a monk, not your bishop if you're a priest. Don't forget that. Moving on. The obedience shown to the abbot is regarded as obedience paid to God himself, and all the respect and reverence with which he is treated by the brethren of his house is paid him for Christ's love, because as abbot, father... He is the representative of Christ in the midst of the brethren. The whole government of a religious house depends upon the abbot. His will is supreme in all things. Yet, as the rule of St. Benedict says, nothing is to be taught, commanded, or ordered beyond the precepts of the Lord. Like I was saying before, rulers, including the pope, bishops, priests, and especially politicians and presidents, only have authority as far as God's commands allow. If they're commanding people to go against God's law, they are illegitimate. It's a touchy subject for some people, but it's an important one nonetheless. It's important that you know God's commands, the Ten Commandments, specifically, and the precepts of the church, and that's how you'll know when one of your leaders is leading you the wrong way. Now let's continue. All the officials who are to assist an abbot in the government of the house are appointed by him and have their authority from him. He may dismiss officials at his discretion. The abbot, by virtue of his office, administers the temporal possessions of the community, exercises a general supervision for the maintenance of monastic discipline, provides for the keeping of the rule, punishes, and if need be, excommunicates the monks, presides in choir during the recitation of the office and at divine service, and gives the blessings. In a word, uniting in his person the threefold office of father, teacher, and ruler, it is the duty of the abbot to see that all things are administered wisely in the house of God. Abbots, like the monks over whom they ruled, were originally laymen and subject to the bishop of the diocese. It was not long, however, before they became priests. Towards the close of the 5th century, by far the greater number of abbots in the East had received ordination as priests. The change was effected more slowly in the West, but even here few were found at the end of the 7th century who had not been clothed with the dignity of the priesthood. A council held at Rome in 826 under Pope Eugene II enjoined the ordination of abbots, but the canon seems not to have been rigidly enforced, for as late as the 11th century we read about some abbots who were still only deacons. The Council of Poitiers, 1078, finally obliged all abbots under pain of deprivation to receive priest's orders. From this time forward, the power and influence of abbots steadily increased in church and state, until towards the close of the Middle Ages, their position was everywhere regarded as one of the highest distinctions. In Germany, 11 abbots held rank as princes of the empire, and with all the rights and privileges of princes, took part in the deliberation of the, the diets. 
diets were like the U.S. Congress or British Parliament, not like going on a diet and eating less food. It's actually a German word for a political Congress. Basically, it's when all the princes and politicians came together to discuss how to rule the nation. It's interesting that abbots, leaders of monasteries, were given the rights of princes in the German Empire. I had no idea of that fact until making this episode. To this very day, in the Roman Catholic Church, abbots continue to be elected by the monks of an abbey to lead them as their religious superior in those orders and monasteries that make use of the term. Some orders of monks, such as Carthusians, for instance, they don't have abbots, they only have priors. A monastery must have been granted the status of an abbey by the Pope, and such monasteries are normally raised to this level after showing a degree of stability, a certain number of monks and vows, a certain number of years of establishment, a certain firmness to the foundation in economic, vocational, and legal aspects. Prior to this, the monastery would be merely called a priory, headed by a prior who acts as a superior, but they don't have the same degree of legal authority that an abbot would have. The abbot is chosen by the monks from among the fully professed monks. Once chosen, he must request blessing. The blessing of an abbot is celebrated by the bishop in whose diocese the monastery is, or with his permission, another abbot or bishop. The ceremony of such a blessing is similar in some aspects to the consecration of a bishop, with the new abbot being presented with the mitre, the ring, and the crozier as symbols of office and receiving the laying on of hands and blessing from the celebrant. Though the ceremony installs the new abbot into a position of legal authority, it does not confer further sacramental authority. It is not a further degree of holy orders, although some abbots have been ordained as bishops. Once he has received this blessing, the abbot not only becomes father of his monks in a spiritual sense, but their major superior under canon law, and has the additional authority to confer the ministries of acolyte and lector. Formerly, he could confer the minor orders, which are not sacraments, that these ministries have replaced. The abbey is a species of exempt religious. That means that, for the most part, they're only answerable to the pope or to the abbot primate rather than to the local bishop. The abbot wears the same habit as his fellow monks, though, by tradition, he adds to it a pectoral cross. So now for a quick recap. An abbot is the title given to the superior of a community of 12 or more monks. Abbots are in charge of a monastery and control the monastery's possessions, disciplines the monks, and gives blessings. The name is derived from Abba, the Syriac form of the Hebrew Ab, which means father. In Syria, where it had its origin, and in Egypt, it was first employed as a title of honor and respect and was given to any monk of venerable age or of eminent sanctity. The title did not originally imply the exercise of any authority over a religious community that changed later on. From the east, the word passed over to the west, and here it, it was soon received into general use to designate the superior of an abbey or a monastery. Biography and history lessons help us to learn how to live better lives based on the vices and virtues of people in the past. What can we learn from abbots? Well, let's look at the moral virtues. There are four of them. They are prudence, always moving toward virtue and away from vice, justice, giving others what they deserve, fortitude, staying faithful during difficulties, and temperance, keeping balance in all areas of life. Abbots have to practice prudence, and we should too. Abbots have control over large amounts of people and property. It's not like a CEO. 
He doesn't have control over his employees. The employees choose to work there in exchange for money. And Abbott has absolute control because monks vow to give their lives to God by following the Abbott's commands. We all have roles in our lives where we are in charge of someone or something. We have to be prudent with all our decisions, especially when they directly affect other people. It is our duty to move closer to God as much as possible each day and away from Satan and sin. Use prudence to do that. Ask God for help. Ask your guardian angel for help. Pray, pray, pray. Follow the commandments. I mean, I beat the same drum every episode, right? The concept of being holy is simple. But as Christ says, the road getting there is narrow and difficult to travel. But with prudence and grace from God, you can do it. I believe in you. This has been the Shalom Kaysen Show. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere else, please like, share, and subscribe. You can also support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. And if you have questions or comments, please leave me a voicemail. All links are in the description below. Until next time, stay holy, my friends. And we are going to close out, as always, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.